Hello everyone, I'm Dalkara Matic and you're listening to the Pet Crafting Podcast. Welcome to the second episode of Storytime. These are off-the-cuff campfire-style stories, narrated adventure recounts and essays. They're around 10 to 20 minutes long and are published every so often between longer interviews. Steve Fassbinder, known to most simply as Doom, has been pushing the limits of human-powered exploration for years. His passionate pursuit of low-impact, human-powered adventure has led him to adopt many creative styles of exploration, including being an early adopter of bike rafting. He's currently based in Mancos, Colorado, where he and his partner Lizzie are busy setting up Skullbinder Ranch and running bike rafting tours in their backyard. In this episode of Storytime, Doom talks about a bike rafting adventure in the Brooks Range of Alaska with John Bailey and Brett Davis. Brooks Range trip, Alaska, with John Bailey, Brett Davis. Um, the trip was manifold in its uh, conception, but uh, we did want to go and see friends of Bailey's who he hadn't seen in, uh, in 10 years up in Fairbanks, and so we went there. That's kind of where we base camped to begin the trip. Um, most trips, if you go to the Brooks Range, you go through Fairbanks on your way, and that's kind of like your, your last hurrah for supplies and planning and whatever else you're doing, and if you're figuring out some shuttle things, that's what you do there. And, uh, and so we went there with that in mind, but also wanted to see uh, Bailey's old friends um, who live there. So we went up there, spent a few days with them prepping, and uh, we didn't really know how we were going to run our shuttle or what we were going to do. And Gareth said, oh, well, I have this brand new Sprinter van with 4,000 miles on it because I do commercials for the car dealership. He's a filmmaker, and he does the commercials and stuff. And he's like, oh, just take my van. And so if you take a vehicle on the Brooks Range, up to the Brooks Range, um, you have to take the Dalton Highway. And the Dalton Highway is notoriously a bad road. It's like 300 mile dirt road and, uh, with like big frost heaves and it's just, it's rough on vehicles. Um, and, uh, rental car companies generally won't rent you a car if you're going up there. So we were thinking about renting a car and just using it to shuttle. Um, we didn't realize that they probably wouldn't rent us a car anyways, if we were going up there. And so Gareth is like, Oh yeah, just take my van. I don't need it for a week or 10 days or however long we were gone, 10 days. And so we took his brand new white Sprinter van. And it's not like a Sprinter van that's like all decked out van lifestyle. It's just, it's like an empty tin can. It's just totally bare bones. It's got a driver's seat and a passenger seat and just the cargo in the back, nothing else. Like no, no seats or anything. And so he had this like really bouncy, like kind of shitty um, couch that we put in the back. And we, uh, we like bungee strapped it into the side of the inside of the van. And uh, we, we stacked all our bikes in there and strapped all our bikes in the van. And uh, we got this couch that was just like all springs. And, and so the Dalton Road, like I said, it's got all these frost heaves because it's on permafrost. And the road just goes up and down, up and down. And it's far, so you're trying to make mileage. So you're going like 60 miles an hour on this dirt road. And all of a sudden, you're getting these huge bumps. And the whole van's just like... <laughs> And whoever was sitting in the back was just like literally bouncing off this couch and like hitting the ceiling and bouncing back down and like trying to hold on to something so that you wouldn't completely destroy yourself. Um, so uh, actually driving was the, oh yeah, Bailey drove the whole trip because driver's seat was the best seat in the house. <laughs> sitting on the couch in the back sucked. 
It was horrible. And if you were prone to getting like car sick, you'd be puking all over, although we were all fine. Um, so we drove up, we left the van. Um, actually, no, we drove up to Adigan Pass and that's like the, on the Dalton Highway, it's the pass where you're going from one side of the Brooks Range to the other. So the Brooks Range runs um, east to west. So we were going north to south on the Dalton Highway. And uh, when you get to the top, you're on the, 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 the high point of the Brooks Range, the only place that a road crosses the Brooks Range. And uh, so everything below you, south of you, is the southern zone, and anything north, it's like a continental divide, but it's north-south. Anything north all flows to the um, Beaufort Sea, an Arctic Circle. And so we were going to be going directly east and then staying on that divide and then paddling down the Ivashak River north towards the Beaufort Sea and then coming back, connecting 10 days later to the um, Dalton Highway farther north. And so we were with Thor and Sarah. They were driving their van, which was not just a tin can, but like a nice van. And, uh, and they just like took our van and parked it like down where we were going to take out although they ended up parking in a different place than we expected, and we had to search for it 10 days later. But we did find it. It just took us a while, like half a day. Um, but we did find it. Um, so anyways, we just got dropped off, basically. We just got out of the van with all of our stuff, and then Thor and Sarah took the van farther over because they were doing their own separate trip. They were going to fly in and stuff and do their own trip. And we never ended up seeing them, although we thought we were going to rendezvous, but we never did. Um, so at the top of Adigan Pass, there's a river that comes through there. It's called, and it's, you go into the Adigan Gorge. And it's kind of notorious, like fast white water. Um, it's got some class four rapids that are sort of notorious. And some people have gone in there with not the right amount of skills and died. And uh, so we, were, we did a lot of preparation to get ready for this, for John especially. Brett, fine, like he could do that, like in his sleep. And me, I'm like, I can kind of handle that stuff. But Bailey was like, clearly needed to like get ready for this trip so i took him on the piedra at low this low water we talked about doing and uh so i know um and so we did a lap on the piedra and and he swam a few times he did really well and that was like his like getting ready session and so we get there and we put on and it's really chill at first but then the current picks up and and john's like He's like, I'm ready to do this. Like, we're, we're doing this. And, you know, we, we didn't have, like, like, you know, we had a lightweight kit. Like, we had lightweight kits. Really minimal dry suits, really minimal PFDs, no helmets, and uh, 10 days of food and bikes. The bikes on the boat part is the hard part. And so you're navigating these fast-moving waters, kind of rocky, and... Uh, it was it was low to medium low water, so uh, not threateningly fast, but definitely fast and drops a lot of elevation in about maybe 13 miles we had to paddle down this gorge. Um, but it's hard to portage, and uh, as we're going down, things are fine, and those guys portage one rapid, and uh, I see a really awesome sneak line, I just take it, and it ended up being super mellow. And um, we get down, and we're paddling, and all of a sudden this wind is kicking up, and it's like 11 o'clock at night, and it's full daylight. And... Uh, we get to this spot where we're like, all right, it's finally opening up. We're getting out of the gorge. But there's like one rapid at the very end of that. And we get to this rapid and all of a sudden the water's going super fast. And I'm leading and John's right behind me, always too close. And uh, I'm like, 
oh, we better scout. Boom, and I, I nail this like little teeny takeout, and John nails it. And right as I go into this little teeny eddy, um, there's this crazy gust of wind happening. It blows my hat off my head. Gone. Into the white water and down the river, gone. And we, John and I pull over really fast and jump out of our boats, and we're like, oh, we got to scout this thing. This looks really kind of serious. And uh, my hat's gone. I'm like, fuck. 10-day trip without a hat, and it's daylight 24 hours a day. I'm so bummed. And uh, I didn't have an extra hat. And Brett takes out right behind us, and we're like, oh, all right, let's scout this thing. We scout the rapid. We're like, okay, we're going to walk this, but we're on the wrong side of the river to walk it. Like Walking on that side would have been super heinous, but if we just cross the river really quickly, we could get across a couple of little channels that were full of water and then have a super easy portage no big deal and so we're like all right well we gotta we just gotta ferry across this fast moving current just no there's no rapids you're not in a rapid but it's fast moving current and the rapid is right below you and it's maybe like a i don't know not even 30 feet across like it's not that big and uh bailey is clearly like eyes are bugging out of his head he's like you know it's just loud and it's chaotic and we're like, all right, man, this is what we practiced on the Piedra. Like, this is how you, you eddy out, and this is how you ferry across the river, and how you eddy back in. Like, we did this a bunch of times. This is totally, you got this. And Brett went first. He's like, made it look super, super easy. And then I was like, all right, well, you go last. I'll get on the other side, and maybe if there's a situation, like, we can maybe help you out a little bit. But uh, I went across, and I made it look quite easy because it was a very short move. Maybe it was only 20 feet across. Like, not that far. And uh, pull over, throw my bow, and then I get my camera out because I want to take pictures. And I'm like, Bailey just looks like he's maybe going to freak out and not be able to do this. And, uh, and he, he paddles into the current, which literally, it's, it's like a five-second maneuver. One 1,000, two 1,000, three 1,000, four 1,000. You're already done. Like, that's how long it takes. And uh, he catches the current, and he's not leaning downriver, and it just grabs the front of his boat and almost flips him immediately as soon as he goes into the current. And then he just loses his paddle and is one-handing his paddle, and immediately he's just about to flip and go down the rapid backwards and upside down with his boat. And he did something I've never seen anyone do before or after, and the kind of thing that you would never do on purpose. He jumped out of his boat because he had no control over it and swam with his boat kicking off the bottom and kicked across the river onto the other side. And both Brett and I are looking at him like, you're so fucked. Oh no, you're fucked. Because he was going to go down with his boat and bike down this rapid and just getting destroyed like a nasty class four rapid. And he was going to lose his boat and his bike. And he probably would have been fine, but his stuff would have been gone. And he jumps out of his boat and just kicks and claws his way across the river and makes it to the other side. And I'm like, go to give him a hand. And he's like already out. And he's just like, I made it. I'm good. And, and we're like, what are you doing? I've never seen anyone cross a river like that before. <laughs> but he made it. And he, he, he clawed his way out. It was the least graceful thing you've ever seen in your life. And so then from there, we have to portage around the, ra- the rapid that he almost went down, which he um, named uh, 
killer white fang killer falls rapid um which he almost swam backwards and upside down but he didn't we portage around it and we get back in the water and uh he's super freaked out i don't think there's any more rapids left but anytime there's like coming around a corner and it sounds like anything he was freaking out but it was fine there were no more rapids just class two minus 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 and uh we're going down and the sunset is like it's not a sunset it's a you know a above the arctic circle end of the day kind of midnight kind of dusky feeling and these low clouds rolled in with some fog and this wind kind of blew in and got a little stormy and you couldn't tell what it was going to do was it going to storm or was it going to not and it was just epically beautiful like it's hard to describe the light at midnight up there but it's like it's a magical experience and we're paddling this last little bit before we get to the sag river and it's so pretty. I'm like, okay, there's this massive eddy where a bunch of water's just kind of pushing off into the swamplands. And I'm like, we gotta pull over. We gotta pull over. I, have to, I gotta get, change lenses and take some pictures. And we, we kind of push into this big eddy and I grab onto a branch that's on the side of the stream and I just like hold myself there. I'm like, all right, I can, I can change my lenses here. And it's somewhere you would never paddle to if you're going down river, but I wanted to stop and like wait for a minute and get some photos. And, uh, I pull over and I, I pull my boat up into the edge where I can stop and I'm, I'm moored on some rocks. And as I'm like doing that, I, I look down, there's a stick underwater and it's kind of like flapping because like, the current's going by. And there's my hat underwater attached to this stick just going. And I freak out. I'm like, guys, guys, guys. And like, they think like I see a bear or something. I'm like, what? And Bailey's like, a rapid? And I'm like, my fucking hat! It was my hat. And uh, I didn't lose my hat, which is amazing. And uh, I don't even remember if I got any good photos after that, but I did get my hat. And we made the paddle for 20 more minutes after that, and uh, we connected with the Sag River, which we then connected to and paddled upriver just a little bit, like a quarter mile to a big um, uh, gravel beach and made camp at like 1 in the morning. And uh, that's, that was the hardest part of the trip. It was day one, hardest part of the trip. And uh, the rest of the trip was like lots of route finding and hard, difficult stuff, hard pushing, carrying your bikes um, physically. But uh, the crux of the trip was that first evening. We all survived despite ourselves. Okay, Brooks Range trip. Uh, stories continued. Next day we wake up. And we have this kind of like really big open expanse of land across before we kind of get into the next drainage where we think we're going to run into some rock cobbles where we can ride. And uh, man, immediately like, you know, we build our bikes up, we put pedals on, we're like, all right, looks like we could maybe pat- pedal across some of this stuff. And it was just tussocks and like little tiny like short willows and really, really, really unrideable terrain. So the next day, like, the beginning of our ride i think we pushed our bikes for a solid four hours just to start but then we did get up out of the swamplands and uh onto some hilly side hilling and into a drainage and uh we took lunch we were like all right well so far i've ridden 100 feet and we'd gone like a few miles which took a long time and uh, we got up in this drainage and then uh once you get into the drainage where all the all the um, vegetation has been scrubbed away and it's just rocks and stuff, then, then we were able to ride quite a bit and the riding was 
quite good, even though we're going uphill, it was slow, but like riding on and off, on and off. And then uh, we got to the top of that pass, descended a little bit, and, uh, and got to another river, followed that river corridor for a while. And uh, it was super, super good riding, really, really good riding, crossing the rivers and mostly, mostly riding and rocky, rocky, rocky. And then we made a great camp and again had this like, went till one in the morning kind of thing because it's just what you do up there like it's it's so different you don't eight o'clock doesn't come you're like oh it's getting dark we should camp and you know sleep and all of a sudden you're just like on this different schedule and it's like one in the morning and you're like well i guess we should stop i'm kind of hungry <laughs> it's a whole different world and this went on for a few days on and off with the really good riding and the really bad pushing of the bikes and we made it to the top of the pass that is the pass that would then be the Continental Divide or the divide north and south of the Brooks Range. And uh, once you head down into the northern section, that's you're in the Ivashak drainage. That's where we were trying to get to. Ivashak River just kind of comes to life as all these other drainages lead into it. Um, as you begin down it, there's like a trickle of water, like you could barely drink out of kind of trickle of water, like maybe half a garden hose. And then as you go down, all these other like drainages come in and the river builds. The idea was you ride and push your bikes down as far as you can until you get to a point where the river's big enough that crossing it seems sketchy, meaning you could probably boat it at that point. And so we rode pretty far down um, on and off, and then we just got to a crossing and we're like, oh, I don't know if I want to cross that. Let's, bo- let's blow the boats up. And uh, this is maybe like you know six days into the trip maybe seven, and uh, we blew the boats up in late afternoon and uh, pushed off and got on the river, and there were some spots where you had to jump out and push your boat through rock cobbles and stuff, but generally, you're just, you're just paddling along with the current, and you're on this glass conveyor. The river is the clearest water you've ever seen in your life. You can't imagine clearer water. When you get to like these big pools where the eddies are, you get vertigo because you feel like you're going to just fall. You're going to just fall into this deep hole that you're hovering over because it's so clear. Anyone from Colorado or the West like can't really envision it because our waters are always so murky and we never have anything like that here. Some tiny streams can be that clear here, but as soon as you get a big river, it's murky and, and blown out. But yeah, you'd, you'd come down this like rocky shoal and then into this eddy when the surface of the water was uninterrupted by current, it would just be this glass shelf that you're on with this huge, these huge deep pools and these Arctic char were starting to like come up the river. These massive, beautiful fish. And uh, we got to paddle that river for three days. It got bigger and bigger as we went, of course, as other drainages came in. Near the end of that trip, we saw a musk ox, which was super cool. Yep, and we saw tons of caribou migrating. We got to the spot where our takeout was going to be, and we're like, oh, all right, I see a vehicle. Let's take out and push all of our stuff over to there. And we do, and we're like, oh, that's not our van. But it was Thor and Sarah's van, which we were able to find the keys to and break into and uh, have a uh, celebratory shot of whiskey out of their cabinet, which was sweet. I don't think they minded at all. And, but there were some hunters there, caribou hunters. They were just setting up their uh, hunting um, station for the season. And uh, they took us in. They fed us dinner. And they're like, what are you guys doing? We're like, we haven't seen anyone in nine days. They're like, I bet you didn't. You did what? Attigan Gorge. It's like, this is White Fang Killer Falls. You should have seen it. 
And I was like, I lost my hat and found it again. They're like, ah, whatever, Bailey, tell us more. And uh, so we just went on and on and on with story time. And they took care of us, fed us whiskey and popcorn, which was super funny and cute. They come out with a bowl of popcorn and these little, like, you know, like paper cups of whiskey. You know, like if you're going to have like a, like a mouthwash, you know, like a dentist's office, little paper cups, that and whiskey in those. That's very funny. Then the next day, we were like, well, we got to go find our van. We don't know where it is. And we went the direction we thought it might be, and it wasn't that way. And then we went the other way, and then we did find it at a different spot. We picked it up. And then we had to drive that road all the way back to Fairbanks, which Bailey drove. And Brett and I took turns on the bouncy couch in the back. It was rough. But we made it back to Gareth's house at like 2 in the morning. And Gareth wasn't there. All the lights were on in the place. And we're like, where's Gareth? Apparently, he tied one on and slept in his office that night in town. <laughs> um, apparently, that was a good story, so we're going to stop now. Okay, over and out. Bye now. <laughs>